This is the Press Play Podcast, powered by Explainify. Join us as we dispel the mystery that surrounds video, the world's most popular medium for communication. We'll share our expertise and provide the best analyses, strategies, and practices as we show you how to establish brand awareness, create noteworthy educational content, and drive insane amounts of revenue. Here's your host, Derek Gerber. Hello, this is Derek Gerber, your host of Press Play. We're so excited to have Beth here today. Hi, Beth. How are you doing? Thanks for coming to the show. Good to see you, Derek. I'm (laughs) glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much. She is the president of Soapbox Influence, and we're so excited to have her today. She's going to be sharing a wealth of her knowledge and experience with us today. Going to give us some tips and tricks to walk away with for sure, but we want to jump right into it. What is Soapbox? Bring me and pitch me. Awesome. I love it. Any chance to pitch. So Soapbox is an influencer marketing agency. We're based in Bentonville, Arkansas, which is where Walmart, the world's largest retailer, is based. And we basically do three things. We do influencer marketing campaigns. We have a network of 7,000 influencers across the U.S. who we work with for those campaigns. Uh, We do social media management, uh, which I can't believe is still a thing that people need, but it is desperately. (laughs) And then the third leg of the stool for us is uh, what we call shopper and consumer insights. So if you think about getting inside the minds of shoppers, we obviously live in a very retail-centric world where the big brands and the small brands of the world are trying to understand what makes shoppers tick, what makes them purchase, and what's going on inside their heads. So we help with all I love it. And what has been your background that has led to Soapbox? What got you to that point that you said, hey... The world needs this. For you to connect with 7,000 influencers and start lighting up the world like that is super exciting. So in the last six or seven years, I'm sure you've been through uh, many journeys. <laughs> but again, yes. on, your, on your longer <laughs> career journey, how did, how did you find yourself here? How did you get to this point? Oh, man. Okay, so this is a good question, Derek. I have a French degree. It's super useful, Ooh. as you might imagine. Um, but I'm kind of a marketer at heart. Um, it's been the common denominator and the breadcrumb throughout my career. So um, honestly, let me think about seven years ago, I was a marketing consultant out on my own and I took on a client called Kindle King Group. Um, They are a large company that is established here in Bentonville, been around for about 30 years. Um, And slowly they turned from being a client to being my employer. And we really came up with the concept for Soapbox within the company and then kind of spun it out as a, a freestanding organization. But the footnote to that story is that I always like to joke that I'm a decrepit influencer, right? I was a blogger in the early days. I was very active on social media, right? When Twitter was kind of getting big. Um, and so now I always joke that I have no more influence and I just have to run an influencer marketing agency. It's, it's my consolation <laughs> prize. <laughs> it works out the other way, I'd say. <laughs> you went from breaking ground and being the innovator to now highly connected in this space and yeah. running best practices and thought leadership on it for your clients. I yeah, love you got that. It. That is so exciting. And that's a world <laughs> that I closely relate to myself. I mean, the hype that you can generate, the brand awareness, let alone the brand legitimacy that people mm-hmm. can generate from the right type of social media campaigns is an untouched type of value. I just think it, yeah, there's, there's no, it's invaluable. It really is. And so, okay, okay. So, so walk me through. How is Soapbox influencing the world right now? Maybe you can give us a few example campaigns or, or if you can't sure. share all the details, maybe walk us through so we can visualize it together. Yeah, I would love that. So great questions, Derek. So We're very fortunate because of, I think, where we are physically in the world with proximity to a very large retailer that we get to work with some huge 
brands, right? Household names. So the NBA is a client. Uh, we get to do amazing work for brands that, you know, are very recognizable like that. But we also work with up and coming brands. Uh, a good example, one that I'm particularly enthusiastic about right now is Mike's Hot Honey. So Ooh. this is a really cool product. It's out of Brooklyn, um, getting a ton of traction. It's available in stores throughout the U.S. now. It's this awesome, kicky infused honey that is now a staple on my Friday night pizza. So Ooh. maybe hasn't made it to you in L.A. yet. We need to definitely get it on your radar and get it on your Friday night pizza. But I think the fun part for me is that juxtaposition of, you know, half of America is watching the NBA, right? They're all familiar. The other half of America hasn't yet heard of a Mike's Hot Honey. So we can kind of serve both of those sorts of clients, which is pretty cool. I love it. So you could take the small, innovative products, the the things that need traction that could definitely create a niche, and you create and ignite a following around that. But then on top of it, you can also scale to represent the world's largest and most reputable brands with genuine influence and genuine camp. I I find that absolutely amazing. And I think that's like, yeah, I mean, it's really leading me to my next question, right? Is why should influence marketing not be ignored? in this day and age, just what we're talking about, two different very scales, same concept, walk us through. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool question because I think, you know, you think about, um, you know, let's stick with the example we just used. The NBA is not exactly hurting for recognition, right? We, we all know who the (laughs) NBA is, but sometimes they need help moving product, right? So if you think about NBA branded items, um, used to be Spalding basketballs. Now it's moving over to Wilson, And so letting people know that those NBA licensed and branded items are available at retailers is one of the things that we would do. But then to your point, if you think about like a Mike's Hot Honey, just a cool, I don't want to call it indie brand, but something that's not discovered yet by a lot of people, that's where you can use influencers in such a cool, effective way to say, you have to try this, right? I just did it with you. I said, you got to put this on your Friday night pizza, right? So I, I guess once an influencer never, you know, you never die, right? You so, walked into it, ready to do it. You yeah. knew you were cleaning the mic's not coming today. And I, I just had to accept that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not going to go look for some mic. You better be sending yeah, me some out to. here in LA. <laughs> yeah, you got to. I'll send you some. But so your question about, you know, why should influencer marketing not be ignored is, right. you know, like a mic's hot honey, it, it, you, you think about all of these use case scenarios for a product. And when you use an influencer, they can tell their audience, hey, you've got to try this with sushi. Or, hey, check out this cocktail that I made using Mike's Hot Honey. So they start to get the wheels turning and start to use all of these different scenarios that maybe a traditional marketer or agency would never come up with, right? Right. So it's just a neat tactic to, I think, reach everyday Americans. I love that. So, yeah, you can always get the staple, the formulaic approach to the business level thing. But influencer marketing is taking it up that extra notch. It's creating that extra hook. Uh, a variable in which we didn't think about the fact that you said honey on pizza is still <laughs> bothering me, but also intriguing me at the same time. And I was like, I don't know if we could be friends, but maybe we can. Maybe I have to. Maybe I have to trust you. I'm a pineapple on a pizza guy. I know that's a big. Uh, that's a big. Okay, good. So you know, now I have a new thing to try. So yeah. even though I, I didn't think of that, never would have been a thing, and now you're already influencing me. And I think that's the key of today's conversation is that we all understand that there's the immediate brand awareness that we can generate around exactly what we do. But then Mm -hmm. there's that colorful side of look what else you can do. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what's so interesting to me. So even when it comes to sports, entertainment, and hospitality, 
We know mm-hmm. it's billions and billions of dollars of the industry, right. the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, all the big yep. dogs. They have lots of wonderful sponsors that we love to work with too. And when it comes to running these activations and these campaigns, uh, how close do you get to player side influence versus team recognition? And I, and I mean that more from a branding perspective, because some players have their own brand and their own sponsorships, but then there's an overlap between the official NBA sponsorships Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. also the sub-level division of the teams and the stadiums below that. So maybe walk me through, how do you delegate some of those dances between everyone? Yeah, that's that's a fun uh, piece to explore. So for us, the common denominator in every client we serve is actually retail. Is is there a product that is available at a big box retailer or like a CVS, a Walgreens, a Target, a Walmart? So when we work with the NBA, we're thinking less of the players and we're thinking less of the franchise and those sorts of you know arena style sponsorships, right? That's right. That's we're right. really looking at the actual items that they have for sale uh, at stores across America. So for the NBA, again, it might be a Wilson branded basketball. Um, for Mike's Hot Honey, it's the honey that they're selling at Walmart. Um, with CVS or like an HEB grocery store, we might be promoting more of a beauty product or a skincare line. So you're right, though. It's interesting to think about going back to the players um, within the NBA, this this whole new network where they have to think of themselves as a brand, right? Having a personal brand. And so in some ways, I think even celebrities and athletes have to look to influencers and, and think about how have you built your brand? How do you protect your brand? You know, that's, that's money in the bank in terms of how they represent themselves and, and present themselves to the world. So lots to be learned there for players from the influencer marketing world. I love that. Building the brand versus protecting the brand. I mean, mm-hmm. there's one thing to solidify the foundation, but to add floors and furniture on top of that foundation becomes a whole new level of creativity. Yeah. yeah, it takes a little bit more love to, to keep going right. and keep stacking creatively. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, you, you hit the same thing over and over again and we begin to tune it out. That's right. You got it. It becomes white noise. Yes. How do you, how do you stay fresh? And maybe that's too generic, but when you come into working with big brands, you always have to have the cutting edge. How are you injecting fresh ideas into the process that again, that are capturing tens of millions of people's attention, but it starts with you right there. What's the secret there that we could maybe take home for us? Yeah. Boy, that's a really good question. Um, And it's a hard one to answer. Um, A little bit of it is how I'm wired personally, right? So I think the the thing that I bring to the world is ideas. That's that's exactly who I am and how I'm wired. And so I've been very fortunate, I think, to be able to, you know, build a company and to work with people who um, crave and seek ideas. That is our job for our clients is to get on a call and to get them excited and to bring them something fresh and new. So you know, if I were to say something tactical and and make it very, you know, in layman's terms and very bare bones, for me, that means consuming a lot of information. So um, I'm reading a lot. I'm devouring articles. I'm skimming headlines. I had a CEO really early in my career who taught me to skim. And I think that's, um, that's a talent that everyone should pick up because, you know, he used to say, again, this is before social, you don't have time to read the whole paper every day. But in our world, we needed to be informed. And so you really taught me how to like skim through a paper, find those headlines, find those nuggets of information. So I think that's still kind of a part of who I am. I'm, I'm reading newsletters. I'm, you know, checking out different sources of information. 
that keeps my wheels turning. And when my wheels are turning, then I can do that on behalf of our clients. So I think sometimes we're very prone, you know, there were a big golden nugget takeaway there. I think sometimes we're prone to just um, do the same things we do and to be very formulaic in our approach to our day. And, and that's not going to yield fresh ideas and thought processes if we're around the same people and the same ways of thinking every day. So I try to yeah. really push myself out in that way to, to be able to do that for our clients. I love it. And I got to share a story too, because I learned from a, a boss that I had. Um, when I was at CNN, I was constantly pushing. I was like, tell me what I got to read. I'm building my library books right now. Yeah. I have over a hundred different books. This is just like a few, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. I like audible books too. So I, you know, I've got, I've got a big collection of things. And, um, when it comes down to it, I, I it still rings in my head today. He said, Derek, don't stress about trying to read, read what's popular. Okay. But yeah. really it's about getting the experience for you at this point. You need to go mm-hmm. do it. And I thought mm-hmm. that was like so influential to me. And I was like, you follow along? He's like, of course I read things. But like, you know, you can take so much information from here and from there and from over here. But at the end of the day, you got to do something with it. And I thought that was so powerful. And you know, here's a man with tens of millions of dollars a quarter, right? So you know, he's selling advertising <laughs> for CNN. And I'm like, maybe I should just listen to him. So here we are. And yeah. again, I still love reading, but um, there, information in the world changes almost faster than you can finish a book. And I For think sure. that's crazy. And just like yeah. you said, you know, in skimming or or speed reading or whatever methodology in which you want to incorporate into your own input of information and research, it just has to be a part right. of your process. So if that's I were to so walk with way with it, for the audience, right? Like, you know, yeah. it just needs to be a part of your everyday. Whether you skim for 20 minutes is mm-hmm. better than zero. Find Agreed. sources online you like that are thought leaders in style, in in uh, you know, positioning and wording and messaging. There are millions of sites out there. Just start there Googling, are. start following on social media. Yeah. Maybe start talking to Beth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. And I think that's so funny as well because, you know, so going back to the sports for just a minute. So my husband's yes, a big it. sports enthusiast. I'm, I'm not here to try to act as no, the No, this is a great yeah. audience and a visualization for everyone. We all understand <laughs> it. So, and yeah, I mean, instead of being too niche, let's talk about something we all get. We all see the yeah. beer. We all see the basketballs. We all see those logos. That's right. That's right. How do we relate that to ourselves too in the everyday process? Yeah. So I have kind of a funny tactic on that. Actually, I'm going to out myself here a little bit. So every night as my husband's like, you know, he's, he's watching football, he's watching basketball, he's watching baseball. I'd rather reading something or having a glass (laughs) of wine, but I like my husband. I like to spend time with him. So a lot of times that means I'm going to kind of camp out on the couch next to him. And he'll laugh at me because I look at the screen, right? So he's maybe watching the Masters or he's watching the NBA play. And um, he'll say, did you see that play? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not watching them play. I was looking (laughs) at all the brands that are advertising in the arena. I was looking at that guy's hat to see what brand he's. I'm kind of prospecting and thinking about our business and and kind of ideating. It's just my eyes happen to be trained in the direction of the TV screen where the players are. But I think to your point, you know, you can constantly be, um, if you want to be, you can be on and you can be learning and you can be thinking and observing and, and kind of gleaning information that affects and propels your business forward anytime. Maybe that's, that's right. And- <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of maybe as a second tip, you know, ABC always be closing, yeah. ABP always be prospecting. And <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> yes. If you want to be uh, on the top of, you know, the awareness game, you need to look at where people are spending money. And it takes That's a right. lot of money for that logo to show up on TV. And I'm talking mm-hmm. for you to be on a national broadcast. 
you're probably pushing into hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars a year in types of sponsorship with at least a two, three, five year activation contract. So these people are very strategic in where they want to put their logo. So when you're watching TV, you can study. When you're watching Hulu or Netflix or streaming your show or sitting there on the couch and you're just scrolling social media, always be prospecting, always be studying because it's right there in front of you. We get hit with roughly 6,000 different advertisements every day. Which ones pique the interest for you the most? Which ones do you tend to catch yourself? Yeah, start studying yourself, right? So for the viewers, right, as we understand this, it's all around you. It's already happening. You already digest more content today than you did a year ago because of our friend, the pandemic. So we all (laughs) understand now, yeah, we are completely enveloped in the digital world and we thought it moved fast a year ago and now it's two or three times as fast. And that's the problem that we're all facing. And it's a challenge that we can overcome together. That leads me into my next question for you. There are a lot of myths that surround (laughs) influencer marketing. I've often said that brand awareness and brand legitimacy are things that you cannot measure on paper. Maybe it's a stance you agree or disagree with, but the myths, we both know they're out there. What would be maybe the top two or three myths that you could bust right now? Oh, I love myth busting, especially with influencers, right? Because I think um, in our world, it's, it's easy to hate the world of influencer marketing and, and to consider it very surface level of course. Um, or transactional. And certainly there are components to that. I mean, it, it can be very mercenary, but, but I think that we're fortunate to work with what we call everyday influencers. So we're not over here with the Kim Kardashians and the Jennifer Aniston's of the world. I'm sure they're lovely. Um, but we're working really with these, you know, everyday people who are kind of making a living through in their living rooms through influencer marketing And I think there's a lot of authenticity to be had there. And that's one of the joys of our business. So I think sometimes brands are very quick. Here's the myth. I think brands are very quick to sort of dismiss influencer marketing um, as just, you know, girls gallivanting around doing fashion photo shoots and, you know, just being very (laughs) not cerebral, let's say. Yeah. And so I think there is depth to the space. Um, And I think the other piece is there's, there's a real myth that there's no correlation between that moment of inspiration when an influencer posts or shares a piece of content or recommends a product, and there's no correlation to purchase because it's murky. It's hard to measure. It's hard to understand and comprehend. But, you know, I think you and I just kind of exhibited it, right? Where I'm like, listen, Derek, I'm not letting you off the hook until you agree that you're going to go try Mike's Hot Honey. And you're like, okay, I got it. I got it. Right. So (laughs) we know we're driving you to the, the point of purchase and the point of activation. So I think the myth being, you know, does this stuff work? Yes, it does. But like any other form of marketing, it really comes back to the call to action and a clear strategy. And we see so many companies now kind of going, um, oh, you know, we can we can work with influencers in-house. Um, we can manage this ourselves. We don't need a third party like a soapbox influence. And to that, we usually say, hey, good luck. It's like herding cats. Um, You know, working with influencers is not for the faint of heart. And uh, we really start to see that there is, um, there's an understanding of our systems once they've tried it for themselves. We can kind of welcome them back home and say, okay, did you get enough of that? We're here to, we're here to help you and make it a little easier and more effective now. So anyway, fun space. (laughs) No, and you're saying it perfectly because I I think I'm going to toss you one more and maybe we can debunk it together. (laughs) All right. Let's do it. So I think you've uncovered something extremely important for us. What we have is a corporate level of typical advertisement that we've seen mm-hmm. our whole lives, basically, right? right. I, you still see it today. It's still the core mm-hmm. foundation of a lot of different things. While the streaming and all the different technologies are, are migrating, 
Mm-hmm. You're just being fed more ads in a different way. All right. That's right. We all understand that. And we all kind of accept it for what it is. That's why you pay to see right. no ads. <laughs> um, exactly. But many of us still go through the free channel and then share the login with four people. Like, you right, know, right. come on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, but like, let's differentiate as the visualization. So we have our corporate level type, of, but influencing market is almost kind of like a subdirectory of this mm-hmm. level in which we can get really guerrilla style. Exactly. So when it comes to say a business, perhaps like Explainify or right. something else that you think you don't have a retail product, how does a business mm-hmm. find success busting through the myth? So the myth would be a business can't use influencer marketing if they don't have retail, which I, I disagree with, but walk me through your thoughts on that. How would you, how would you word that? Yeah, I love that. That's actually a great question because I think that is a common myth that, you know, this is really only for a physical, tangible product. And we see, so you mentioned earlier hospitality. I actually have some background in the tourism and hospitality space myself. And I think that's a perfect example because influencers are so ideal for uncovering, you know, hey, I had this experience. I, I went to this place this weekend. I had this experience. You've got to have this experience too. So I think it really comes down to your target customer, your target shopper. So you think about a, a business such as Explainify, presumably your clientele are businesses, right? Your right. B2B. And so once you define who that target audience is, you can go find them. They exist out there. And so it, it comes down to kind of codifying um, you know, who is your target customer and then locating where they hang out online and then finding the right influencers for that niche. And that's, you know, not that you're giving me a segue to pitch here, but that's, I think what we do really well is that sort of seek and destroy. Like, um, I'll give you a good example. We had a, um, a product a few years ago called Hunter's Cloak with a K. Yeah. Um, and I, the client, um, used to laugh at me because I would I would call it aromatherapy for dudes, right? Because it was this sort of cartridge that you wear around your neck if you're a hunter, um, yeah. and you're you know you're going out and you're big game or deer hunting, right? That's right. Uh, and it would emit a scent, right? I, I'm trying to speak in layman's terms because I'm not yeah. a hunter, and I assume we're not talking to a lot of hunters on the show. But it, it's essentially concealing, you know, your scent so that yes. you can hunt, right? It had all of these cartridges that could be swapped in and out. So for that specific influencer marketing campaign, we couldn't go to everyone in America. We had to find people who like to hunt, specifically deer in specific Southern states. And guess what? There's a subset of influencers for that. So then kind of that seek and destroy mentality for any business to take exam, you know, take advantage of this space comes down to knowing who your shopper, your customer is, and and then it's going to work for you. And, and that is absolutely perfect because that success story right there, you would think maybe an atypical product that wouldn't work. And no, there's still a niche. There's still a way <laughs> to be the thought leader. There's still a way to be that brand that nobody thought about. I didn't think about it that way. And even for Explainify, right? I mean, we could take the same angle. There's yeah. a niche of content creators out there, video makers, animators, voiceovers, all these different talents that we have for exactly. script writing that have done work for Apple, IBM, Disney, Google, you name it. Right. We have the talent. Those people all hang out together. They do. And if you think That's that right. they don't, you are incorrect. <laughs> they all follow <laughs> each other. They're all best buddies. They all They're love connected. working with one another. And so the same actually goes for everything. And that would be my argument is that, yep. no, it's not impossible. You do. You just got to find that right niche, but you got you to gotta do it for more than 30 days. So that would be maybe one more myth we can bust is that, oh, it just works in 30 days. 
forget that. Right. Um, I would probably argue it probably takes nine months to a year at least of those type mm-hmm. of efforts before you can really see it, you know, jump up very much like investing. You know, you don't see a lot until you get to a certain serious level of investment where you start to see the annual returns really kick in. That's the way yeah. I consider my, my influence marketing. So when it comes to the investment side and another success story, you think you got another one in there for us? Oh my gosh. Always. Yeah. I think, um, those, those are my favorite part. I think of the business is just thinking about, you know, who we've been able to serve and some of the things that we've really had a good time uh, working on because they're unique, right? They're novel yes. and, and, and you, you have a good time when you get to do those sorts of things. So, so this fun. is why I think I'm older than you, Derek. So I'm going to make a Gen X, um, reference here, but so when I was going through high school, um, Arizona tea was really popular, right? And That's so right. the branding is really iconic. Um, if you picture there, it's like the tall cans of flavored teas and they had like the botanical and kind of floral design. For like 99 cents? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Like a cow so skull good. on the can. I don't know why that worked <laughs> from a branding perspective, but it did. So we had an opportunity just a few years ago to work on Arizona energy shots. So this was branded by Arizona, like a recognizable brand, but it was a smaller energy shot. Yeah, yeah. So the Arizona energy shots are really interesting because they're just a small uh, flavored shot of energy, but they had some really nice health attributes. They weren't like a, you know, not to bash these guys, but they weren't like a Red Bull or a monster that was kind of more of a cracked out approach that would you know, be appealing maybe to a millennial male, but less so to an exhausted mom. And so perfect example, our job was to really find that exhausted mom or that night shift worker who wanted a dose of energy, but they didn't, you know, they wanted it to maybe have a good flavor and and no terrible side effects. So, so we did some geo-targeting. We found people who lived and shopped near the stores that carried this item and pushed it out. And it was just really fun to watch that because we saw this after effect of other Gen Xers tagging friends from high school, like, Hey, yo, you remember when (laughs) we used to drink Arizona, they've got this energy shot now. So we watched this really cool ripple effect of people telling people about it because the brand was recognizable. So that's our job, right? Mm -hmm. To start the ripple and then step back and watch it flow. I got it. I, I love that. Uh, I don't know if it's word of mouth per se, but this nostalgia plus viral plus technology connection. Do you yeah. remember this back in the day? Now yeah. check it out. Look, it's back. Exactly. It's better than ever. And I think that's such a, a unique angle right now. We're all seeing us kind of relive the past almost as we push yes. forward. We're reverting to previous styles of clothing and animation and yes. uh, the way we run production on everything that you see. And I think that's absolutely so amazing. True. So when you when you really peel back the onions as to you know, how do all these different things work, I think the core thing at all of them has got to be the data. The data yes. is something that was never available at that time. You just Agreed. put it out on TV because that's how you did it. There was no Facebook or a tagging. What's a tag? Like, you know, like yeah. that wasn't a concept. You know, it was all about the Nielsen ratings. Like, come on, that's and right. how many eyeballs you could get in the 90s? Like, you know what I mean? Right. You know, spending yes. billions of dollars on websites that don't produce any profit. Like those things, yeah. those... Those things are all interesting for sure. But in this day and age, that data, that data is what enables us to do it with the platform. So the platform can do whatever, but if the data wasn't there, it wouldn't mean anything. And we talk about tracking and advertising. Thank you. Yes. You are the queen of data. And (laughs) you, (laughs) that's the way I look at it. If I needed somebody, you can find them. And that's the way I look at it. If they're over there under that rock over there, we can go get them. 
And I think that's what it's all about as influencer marketing is all it takes is a few little rocks of niches to recognize mm-hmm. you and re-promote you genuinely because mm-hmm. you're helpful, insightful, et cetera, right? Not just a, right. not just as a transactional thing, trying right. to build a real brand relationship and a loyalty to a brand in seven seconds when you have 6,000 advertisers hitting you a day, yeah. <laughs> how does yeah. Arizona pop off and create that instant nostalgia? That's amazing, right? That's a brand connection. Even I personally in high school, Arizona tea was the thing. You go down to the Billy's, you go get yourself uh, you know, a poor boy sandwich and then you get yourself an Arizona iced tea with it. And you get that. Were you, you know, in New Orleans? Flavors. Oh, I'm jealous. You had access to it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm talking about is, is even from East coast to West coast, I can still relate to that. Cause I, it takes me back yeah. to high school myself. So, so I, I, I do. Let's, so let's come around the corner then. Right. Okay. So you're doing amazing things. There's amazing results all different types of brands and businesses. We've demolished the myths that you have to, you know, to fit into some perfect. No, that's not the truth. You could be virtually anything. There's a group out there waiting to love your brand. And I think that's what it gets into. So when it comes for, you know, the next steps for you and for Mm -hmm. Soapbox pushing into 2021 and beyond that, what's your vision? What do you see right now? What's on the roadmap? Oh, that's, that's, fun to think about a little bit. You know, we've gotten so busy, I think during the pandemic, at just, you know, seeing five feet in front of us, it's fun to start thinking, you know, forward thinking again, right? So I think our team is probably doubling down a little bit more on the insight side of our business. It's something that we do incredibly well. Um, but we get so excited about the social and the influencer side that we sometimes forget to talk about it. So, you know, I think that's a simple response, but it's something that we're really leaning into. And, you know, you can't be all things to all people. So we try to really understand what we do well. And, and we don't want to take on services and products that aren't part of that kind of intricate balance of um, holding my hands in a triangle, because we really kind of think of it as a three-legged stool of services that we offer. And then the other kind of what's next for us is, um, and this is a simple one as well, you know, we used to host an annual conference for, you know, several hundred influencers here in Bentonville. And we miss that. We're excited to get back to the world of, you know, hosting an in-person event where we can bring people together for best practices and learning and camaraderie. Um, and that's certainly been absent in the world in the last year. So that's that's ahead for us in 22, getting our conference back on track in its 10th year. I love that. And we want to make sure that we help promote that for you. And I look forward to getting yeah. my tickets in the mail for right. when things are a little <laughs> bit more normal. I'd love to come join that myself. But um, for the end of today... That's it for the show today. So thank you, Beth. Our viewers love it. We greatly appreciate your insights, the wonderful tidbits we have. We got to talk about some colorful stories, but then we also went through, busted some of those myths and then talked a little bit about the future. But if I could say anything, walking away, final notes, is that if you don't think you you, you don't need influencer marketing, that's just not true. You need to do all levels of marketing. You need to do your typical, you need to do your digital, your online, and it matters where you go, of course, but start utilizing the data and the power and the network connections behind the influencer marketing arena. If you're not doing it, you're not following best practices and you are behind. And I will tell you myself. <laughs> so <laughs> it's something that we strongly believe in ourselves because our videos have been viewed by tens of millions of people. Um, people approach us, the, the brands you know and love, some that we you know, talk about today. They love coming to us and buying a lot of videos at once. And it's because they understand that you don't just do it one time. You need to recommit to monthly and quarterly deliveries of content for people. So even like I said earlier, you can't just do it for 30 days, our viewers. You cannot do it for one month, three months, and expect immediate results. You really need to find a path 
to put your foot down, all 10 toes down, right? And go for it and do it a year. So I think that yeah. if I could walk with a, you know, for anything to learn today is that it is a real thing. You need to get started like yesterday and people That's like right. Beth will help take you there. <laughs> We're here to help. Hey, Derek, it's One more pitch for you. Thanks. Thank you so much. We'll have you on again another time soon so you can update us on what the latest is. All right. Love it. Thanks, Derek. All right. Great to talk to all you. Right. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. Thank you.